0: sure. The Music Explorers Podcast. Alright. Welcome to Say Sure, the Music Explorers podcast, and I'm Jim Jam. And I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh we are starting the year off. I mean, technically start off started off the year uh, a week ago, but um we are I mean I we're We're starting things off a little differently, I'm going to say. You know, it's still the beginning of the year. There's still 50 weeks, I think, left in the year. So, fuck it. Um, We're doing (laughs) something different. Um, We kind of had this idea. uh, We're tossing this around a little bit because, I don't know. um, I mean, I I, I guess, easy answer. I was listening. I, I was kind of obsessed with the podcast last year that was a series of interviews with uh different um sort of musicians and people in music technology and um i thought it i just find the whole interview process to be fascinating especially this particular podcast and um i thought it would be cool that we would sort of interview each other um which you know has the possibility of going off the rails and getting really just like meta and pretentious um and i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we're basically we're gonna do two episodes so this one we're talking to scott and we're gonna get into all his affairs uh and you know talk about all the little skeletons that are hanging out in his closet all that great oh. stuff <laughs> um all the we're gonna talk about where the bodies are you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah, and then ne- next week, uh, I'm going under the gun. And um, yeah, so I, I think we're going to kind of start things off a little differently as well and just talk about uh, Scott's album of the week. Um, yeah, so Scoots, wh- wh- what you got for your album of the week? Uh, Sorry to pull this out on you like so so quickly. So I, I-, I don't know if you have time to like, kind of like rush and figure it out. <laughs> <or> no, <not. laughs> but... honestly, I picked a good week
1: to have Uh, My album of the week. I'm actually excited to talk about this. Uh, Okay. But I already own this album. I was going to say technically, but I literally already own this album. But there was a deluxe edition that was actually a really interesting um, edition of of the record. Um, Been into. You don't don't
0: see that a lot.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember when this came out, and I think. I saw this option after I already purchased the, you know, purchased the album, and I was like, "Oh shit!" So I just, I just it buried in my mind. But I was getting really into grind. Um, not that I never hadn't been into grind before, but just I was, you know, listening to a lot of grindcore. You know, I found some cool Napalm Death records recently that uh, I didn't have before, stuff like that. Um, but so I checked out to see if the deluxe edition of this record was. Available and it was for I forget the price, but it was less than five bucks used on Discogs. Um, and it said that it was in rough condition, and I think that was a little bit of a conservative estimate. I think it was in pretty, I mean, it was definitely a used CD copy, but it was a you know pretty good quality. And I'm talking about uh Book Burner by Pig Destroyer. Oh, um, yeah, so I actually got into Pig Destroyer with uh Phantom Limb, it was you know definitely a, one of the one of the higher. Rated albums of the 2010s. Certainly, the year it came out in 2007, um, and only recently have I uh, started getting into their older stuff. Actually, like I recently bought um, *Terrifier*, *Terrifier*, and *Prowler* in the Yard, uh, and yeah. those are those are obviously fantastic records. Oh yeah, um, it was. I think it was uh, around Christmas when um, Relapse was doing a really nice sale, so I got them really cheap. Um,
0: but, I, that's so funny because I was actually thinking of the same... I, I actually had Phantom Limb. I, I definitely had Terrifier and Phantom Limb on my uh <laughs> on my shopping cart and then I just deleted it like on no, that yeah, same was, sale.
1: Terrifier and yeah. in the Yard are two records I wanted to get into
0: for or buy for a while. They're both great. Um but yeah, Bookburner Problem in the Yard is great. I mean I, I own that, but I think that's the only pick destroyer of my own. Yeah. Um, um and
1: I I remember when uh, Bookburner came out and you know, they definitely stay true to you know true to their word because um, uh, Phantom Limb was a further I mean they've always had kind of a death grind sound like even when they were you know really short punchy you know what you'd expect from a grindcore record I think the way they wrote riffs the way they approached songcraft was always very uh, you know always very death grindy and you know Phantom Limb took that in, in the direction of just having you know not like five minute long songs, but like longer, like two, three minute long songs. And they really went back to their grindcore roots on Book Burner. And it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic record. Mm. Um, the Deluxe Edition includes seven um, hardcore punk covers, including uh, you know, Black Flag, Misfits, Circle Jerks, Minor Threat. Um, but also, it includes a short story by J.R. Hayes, Um, who is, obviously, he's the lead singer. And it's called The Atheist, and uh, he said it's about a guy who grew up as a Christian and early adulthood decided he didn't want to be a Christian. He becomes a biology teacher. Then the U.S. descends into a theocracy and becomes very fascist. Everyone converts, and he's like, fuck it. He abandons his wife and society and lives in the woods like a crazy person. Um, I haven't read it. I don't know how accurate that is, but I thought that given the price, given the bonus disc, and, and, you know, I... I've I've liked his lyrics and his his delivery on record, so I'm curious to read it. You know, a, 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 just a dedicated piece from him. So I was excited short to find story. it. story, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it, but you know, it's definitely kind of like a short, basically like like a longer than. Um, like longer than usual booklet and like a like a CD like a digi pack.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I I was just thinking of like how are you how would you tell that story in like a short story, but I mean you know people have done, you know more with less. Yeah. Before, so And I, you know
1: I'm really excited to check it out and see how it is. But in, in general, it's a fantastic uh, record. Um, unfortunately, it's the last picture story record that I. Like, <laughs> um, I think the newest one. I mean, I want to give it another shot, but it was. I think people, like, long time yeah, long-time fans of the yeah. band, you know, they kind of stuck to the whole, like, oh, like, you just don't like that it doesn't have blast beats. I'm like, no, it's because there's. They're just not. Like, it's one thing if you want to try something different and you do it well, but when you try something different and it's not great, then. I don't know that's just not like it just it's kind of a double whammy it's like i'm mm. disappointed you're not doing what I've, I've come to enjoy from you and you're not even doing it well like you know there have been um uh i mean i guess afi is a good example where like i got really into like their punk t- you know I, I, l- I liked the kind of gothic stuff they were doing too and then when they went further down that rabbit hole and made more like alternative rock i thought they did it pretty well so i enjoyed it um but, like, I didn't necessarily... I mean, I wasn't old enough for, like, when their hardcore punk st- stuff came out originally, but, you know, I think they do kind of the goth rock alternative rock stuff well, so I don't think it's a big deal, but...
0: Um, yeah. It, it, so. It's its not like Pig Destroyers, like, you know, doing, like, a Bring Me the Horizon or something like that anyway. You know, they, they're still sticking to their guns to a point.
1: Yeah. I mean, to, you know, I also don't really... I don't think they're as, as I I would say they're more so not for me. Like I, I actually think Headcage is a bit of a misstep. Like I genuinely think that, but mm. uh, Natasha and Massive Volume are like their two like sludge drone metal releases, like EPs they released. Um, I I just I don't care for those as much. I just I, I think that they I mean I think just the way they the reason that they're so beloved is because they have they the riffs and the way they approach grind and death grind is just so good like mm-hmm. it's just like they're so good at what they do um I don't think they're as good as writing you know, kind of slower groovier music or or I like when the grooves are kind of incorporated alongside you know like some of the breakdowns on Phantom Limits specifically are are nuts like they're just so
0: they're so well placed they're so well written um so I out of curiosity I, I don't I want to uh, keep beating this down a little bit but um Have you, I'm assuming you heard about the new Blood Incantation album? (sighs) (laughs) Yep, (laughs) got got my answer. (laughs) I just feel like... It's a very similar situation that you just brought up.
1: I I mean, honestly, you probably could just kind of switch out the names. Everything I said, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but... Um, I mean, I, I love Blood Incantation, but I think what makes their music work so well is the way they incorporate like the spacey elements and kind of the um, the the juxtaposition and kind of the blending of those, you know, those stylings alongside you know really well written death metal. Like I think if they just made a straight up 100% normal death metal album, I think it would still be good, but I don't know if it would be as good as what they've released. Mm. So I'm just kind of curious if the same could be said on the other side, where it'll be like a, a fine, you know, dark ambient record. Like it, it, will, it won't. Not, I'm not expecting it to be bad, but I'm just curious if it'll come out and everyone will be like, "Oh, well, this is fine. This is good." Um, yeah, I. So I mean, I don't know about you, but I really want to talk about it when it comes out. Um, oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm excited to listen to it. I'm very excited to talk about it. Just in terms of like, do I think it's going to be? It's kind of like. um Actually, it's just like uh, the new Converge record. Is, yeah. You know, as, as, as time went on, I was more and more convinced, yeah, I don't think this is going to be very good, but I was super excited to talk about it. I thought there was going to be a lot to unpack there, a lot of interesting conversation to be had.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess I'm a little more hopeful than you. Uh, I, I guess maybe just because, like, I think compared to Converge, to like, you know, the worst case for that Converge album is that, like, it would just kind of be a Chelsea Wolf album, which, you know, kind of ended up being the case, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I, I wasn't just, I wasn't really big on Chelsea Wolf's like, latest string of, like, albums, whereas like, you know, like a dark ambient album, you know, from, like, death metal, like, you know, from a death metal band just sounds pretty cool in my mind, and, you know, I'm, I'm always up for a good ambient album, so I'm like, you know, I like, worst case, it's like, oh, this was fun. You know, and like best case is like, oh, this could be like amazing, uh, but I I don't like I think it would have to like really fuck up like, to to be truly bad in my opinion. But yeah, I, I for sure. It's, yeah, yeah, I I don't think it's gonna be bad. It was it's kind of I mean it's been a while,
1: but it reminds me of Celestite from Worlds in the Throne Room. Where yeah, they, they try to make a full on. Ambient album, and I I don't. Again, it's it's been quite a while. I don't think I've listened to it since it came out, but I don't think it was bad by any means. But I think it just was all the cool elements that made me like their music in general, just taken out of context. (laughs) And I mean, it was still enjoyable. But you know, I was ready for, you know, I was ready for the contrast. I was ready for like the you know the sweeping atmosphere and the sweeping. Um, you know, synths and whatnot to then lead into some, you know, the, the black metal I like from them. So, you know, yeah. but again, but I mean, the good thing about this situation is if I'm wrong, that means that the album's good. And that's that's kind of a, you know, <laughs> that's kind of a win win. So, yeah, um,
0: definitely, definitely. So, you know, I you kind of said something earlier that uh, I think it was yeah, the the breakdowns on uh, was it about uh, Phantom Limb were really good. And they, th- this was something that I was thinking about this week. Um, because I, I don't, I, you know, there's a specific point of, of your timeline basically that I'm always very curious about. And it's, it's essentially like, I'm, I'm calling it BB, uh, before beard, um, <laughs> like just, you know, a, a point a, when you were just a, a barefaced bare faced lad, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And uh, because I, you know, we we were talking about this uh, last week a little bit with our our Slipknot, Tom Waits (laughs) crossover extravaganza. Um, And um, you mentioned just sort of how like Slipknot was like that, you know, that that band that you felt like was like yours. And, um, you know, just like like you were like, you know, my my parents, you know, had, you know, kind of stuff around it. But like, this was like, this felt like it was mine. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what was like, What did that trajectory look like when it came to sort of going from like Slipknot into Deathcore? Because by by the time we met, you were like fully in in Deathcore and like, you know, um, uh, your friend Mark, I remember Mark, he was in one of my classes in high school. You know, I I remember he gave you like a bunch of death metal and, you know, like stuff like that, too. Um, Like what 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 kind of like what what did that evolution look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's probably a slightly off-color metaphor, but it's kind of like a gateway drug in a way, <laughs> where like you just you just want heavier and heavier. Uh, stuff. Yeah, you just want heavy, and he- you know, and, and you know, it went from you know growing up, my mom likes you know Godsmack and disturb and that kind of hard <laughs> rock and whatnot, and then my dad, you know, he would um, you know let me listen to Corn and Rob Zombie, you know, again just getting a little bit heavier. I think Slipknot was kind of the heaviest banned from that general you know general framework so I mean part of it was um you know meetings. you know mark like he mentioned he was really into um you know death metal folk metal black metal stuff like that like he was really into uh he's really into a lot of genres that i I wanted to be into and I think that that was also part of it not only was it you know I just wanted something I kind of knew that i mean he heard of you heard of it, you know, Campbell Corpse, you know, they're, they're a mm. relatively well known death metal band. Like, you've, you've heard of uh, um, some of these bands. And of course, you know, Metal Headbangers Journey, like, you know, I wasn't totally foreign to these sounds. Yeah. But I, I think just, again, I never heard the heaviest I heard before, before Slipknot was, you know, still pretty heavy. But, you know, in hindsight, you know, by, t- by today's standards, or at least my own standards, you know, there are much heavier bands than Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, and and just (laughs) and whatnot. You know, not not taking anything away from those bands, but just in terms of like the actual music on record, like it's hard to argue that, you know, death metal is not a heavier genre, so. But I think that, I think what ultimately led to my transition into and out of Deathcore was actually the same thing. Um, Because when I look back to, there are a lot of Deathcore records that, you know, when I've kind of you know not all of them but there are a number that I remember fondly but then when I re-listened to them I realized that I don't remember the vast majority of the songs because (laughs) what I was really going to for Deathcore and for Metalcore was particularly the breakdowns particularly those kind of like quick hit moments um which I mean I I think gets really boring over the course of a full record which is why I
0: actually didn't listen to full record um Mm. Okay, so, so so there really wasn't like a, um, there really wasn't like an album that that really clicked for you, in a way.
1: Yeah, when thinking back, I don't know if that occurred to me at the time, but I think that was uh, that was kind of the again the attraction and the downfall is that I loved the super heavy breakdowns, and then when you, you when you play them in um, when you play them in the car, like my dad's uh, Jeep, which I borrow in high school had a great sound system, so anytime you have a breakdown, like once it would, like it would, the first, you know, chug, and kick Mm -hmm. drums, it would be like a big bass drop, and it would sound so cool, I love playing that really loud, and banging my head and whatnot, but like there's just, after a while, there's no substance, because I think that you're not, you're not building, toward anything, like if you listen to, I think that's what I started focusing on, is, an album that I actually did like a lot and listened to all the way through was Hell Chose Me by Carnifex.
0: Okay. And
1: I I started, that kind of is a much more death metal oriented deathcore record. When I started, um, that kind of helped me get into, you know, DSI, suffocation and whatnot. And I would go back to listen to it. You realize that like the riffs are just really like, bland and very like it felt it feels like everything is just a placeholder to get back to the breakdowns um mm. so i think not only was my continued you know continued evolution into heavier and heavier music you know, heavier heavier, you know death metal for example was it because i just wanted something beefier i wanted something with more oomph to it but i think over time that pursuit you know that pursuit led me to just more dynamic songwriting, like more intricate songwriting. There's, there's more going on. It's more complicated. There's just more more to unpack there. And I think that general realization I had that you know that was what that was my issue with the music I thought I had loved for so long and kind of what I wanted to pursue going forward. I think that's just informed my overall music, you know consumption and, and, and searching philosophy it's just i, I want yeah. something interesting i want something that's doing something different uh, you know i don't necessarily care you know what genre it is i don't care you know necessarily you know what's if it's the right or wrong album to like it's just is this doing something that really grabs my attention and that i potentially haven't heard before or it's a you know positioning a genre in a way
0: i haven't necessarily heard before um yeah, so so kind of like I mean, you know, if you want to use a metaphor, almost like, um, you know, at first you were only searching for like the frosting, where when you realize that you kind of need the cake too, almost. Yeah, yeah, I I I totally I get I get that a lot. When you were like trying to sort of formulate how to best ask this, um, because I I think with that same you know, kind of mentality that, you know, you were kind of in just this kind of like, you know, you want to get heavier and heavier, you know, nowadays, you know, I mean, you're very much like an album-oriented listener. Like, back then, was it, you know, because I think, you know, when we were, you know, teenagers, you know, streaming hadn't quite, you know, kind of gotten where it was. And so, like, iTunes was kind of like, you know, this little halfway... You know, step in between where like you could get like just like single songs, but, but like for you, what was there? You know, like was it an album? But like, or no, not was it an album? Um, were you listening to full albums then, or were you kind of just because I mean, you I mean, you kind of answered the question in a way that you were kind of like, oh, you just wanted to get to like a really good like breakdown. So like, w- was that like you would just kind of like cherry pick from like a bunch of different artists or? Um, was it like you know because uh, I mean the, the fact that you dropped like Hell Chose Me you know pretty pretty blatantly kind of puts it all kind of in a gray area for me but
1: <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's you know it dovetails with the conversation we had before I mean I think it was twofold but first of all um, you know a, yeah after we started going CD shopping at first I was I was still pirating but also buying CDs at the same time which for some reason in my head was not like a, I don't want to say a conflict of interest, but there was like, the, yeah. the, they weren't mutually exclusive for whatever reason. I was like, yeah. oh, but like, I'll just I'll go to the CD, you know, CD store. Whatever's there, I'll buy, and the rest I'll pirate. We're like, <laughs> okay, um, and I noticed weirdly enough that I listened to the CDs I bought a lot more often than the albums I pirated, um, and I think that partially it was because. If I was going to buy a CD, I just wouldn't want to buy like a deathcore album because I would think I wanted to buy like an actual album, and I think that just kind of subtle um, thought that like you know was below the surface also contributed to the fact that I kind of was moving away from deathcore is that I just inherently thought it was a less valuable genre. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think you know if I have a song on my iPod, you know. I'm listening on the bus, or I'm listening, you know, in transit. I'm skipping around songs. It just it naturally lends itself to a song by song format. Whereas when I bought a CD, you know, I would put it in the car, I would put it on my stereo at home. I would I would want to listen to the full thing. So that pushed me towards listening to albums as a whole, and then by extension, it pushed me towards music, you know, any number of genres that I felt had more to offer across an album length. So I think, that, you know, that's one. But probably the easier answer, and probably, if I'm being more honest, uh, it was Spotify. You know, just, just because, you know, to your point, I mean, it's really no wonder that I got into deathcore when I did, because when you're listening to quick clips on iTunes, what are they picking? They're picking the biggest <laughs> breakdowns. They're picking, they're picking those highlight moments. For, you know, this is true of any song, but they're picking the moments that, you know, you gravitate toward, but, you know, over the course of an album... Those are kind of the moments you're going to gravitate toward. There's not much else going on around it. With Spotify, yeah, you would have to, you know, every two songs. Um, it's funny, I distinctly remember listening to, I think it was Wormwood by uh, Marduk. The, the, um, you mean the, the Acacia
0: Strain? or
1: No, that, well, Marduk also has an album called oh, uh, okay. Wormwood. <laughs> uh, it's not my favorite Marduk album. Like, they're, you know, not to be a hipster, but like, I, I prefer the earlier stuff. <laughs> um but like at the time I think at the time I think Wordwood was their most recent album um and it was funny because the actual album it felt like it was structured fast song slow song fast song slow song but for, for whatever reason Spotify lined up that it was like fast song slow song ad fast song slow song ad and that's just how the listening experience was you know was shaped um so not ideal not ideal to have ads uh, I haven't I haven't I don't remember the you know, when I stopped having, you know, freemium. When I started, like when I started paying for Spotify, um, but even with the ads, just the idea that I could try any album before I buy it was so, so, so cool. Like mm. it just, it, and that that was a game changer because in the past I would just kind of cherish the fifty dollars iTunes gift cards I would get, <laughs> and uh, you know I would kind of run through and try to crunch the numbers because. It was one thing when I would you know I was still into like individual songs because it was super easy to load up on like you know fifty or forty songs you know if you have the dollar 29 price at that time um, but once I started getting into full albums it went' from you could buy like forty thirty forty different songs to you can only buy like a handful of albums um, and I ended up buying some duds because you can't really you can't really Grasp whether or not you like an album from a few clips from a few songs, especially, um, you know, like I remember there's this one uh Wolves in the Throne Room EP, I forget what it was called, but like it was two songs, each of them were at least like 15 minutes long. So as a result, I think the release cost like 10 bucks or something Mm. like that and so I really wanted to check it out and the two clips were cool but you're getting like 30 minutes or I think maybe even a minute and a half from like 15, 20 minute songs so I think just like as the format changed and as my listening habits changed you know, like the, the, the medium is the message like that old adage like I feel like just the way that I was consuming music just like, like literally like physically the way I was consuming music changed how I was, you know, mentally Like, how I was kind of processing music Mm. and what I was looking for. Um, So, yeah, I guess Spotify and, um, you know, pursuing albums, like, pursuing CDs versus individual songs was kind of the real
0: game changer for me. Interesting. Um, Because didn't you say last week that Volume 3 was, like, one of the first CDs you ever bought? Or am, am I mixing that up with something else?
1: Um, no, the first CD I ever bought was—I like,
0: I, I mean, we're, we're not counting like you know buying like Backstreet Boys' "Millennium" or something no. like
1: that. That actually—that—that that probably like literally was one of the first. Uh, I, it's, it's the same thing for me. <laughs> um. So <laughs> I I bought um. Meteora by Linkin Park. Oh, right, So at right. like the first CD I owned, my friend gave me because his... I think it was his grandfather said it was satanic and he needed to give it away. It was... Uh, and you're probably going to laugh once I actually say what it is. It's, it was uh, ACDC Live. Um, <laughs> so he gave me ACDC Live. and Oh, my God. I played the hell out of... That's still... That's probably... I would buy that again. I'm not a big Greatest Hits guy, but like... Just um, Brian Johnson, like on that live recording, it, it you, virtually indistinguishable from the records. And literally, I mean, the song has uh, the, the record has like all their, all their everything you would want from them. Because um, it's not like it came out and then suddenly, like they released that and then suddenly they released Back in Black. So it's like immediately dated. Like I think they released that before they started just doing the kind of like you know Grandfather tour. Where like periodically they'll release like, you know, like a re like you know the 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 same album like for the twentieth time, but now there aren't even any like cool singles from it.
0: Yeah, um, but um, <laughs> that, that just reminds me of when um when Black Ice came out and Rock and Roll Train was was playing yeah. everywhere and like Walmart was doing like a whole advertising campaign for it and playing that all the fucking time. Rock and Roll Train. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I I wouldn't expect that because I I don't. It's it's it's, you know, they that's something I think about a lot is like um, sort of the that like impetus album that that like kind of you know made you like sit up in a way and just be like, oh wait, music can be like this, like, because I mean I I, don't know, I I mean I I guess maybe it was different for me um uh, because you know like my parents weren't really um they weren't anti-music but they but I, I feel like their interest in going to concerts kind of waned when they had kids and i mean for obvious reasons but i i feel like it wasn't quite the same where it's like your parents were going to like family values and shit and like you know like just the interest you your family had in music was was much different uh so like what 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 was like ACDC? was that like one of those eye-opening moments for you? Or, I mean, this was back at a time
1: when, like, I don't think my dad wanted me to take his CDs <laughs> to school with him. You know, just because, like, like I had a, a, a and I could I could listen to them, but like I didn't have any that were mine. Like my parents were worried about like me being in my, um. You know, being in my room alone so like i wouldn't necessarily have a chance to listen to so many uh records by myself
0: and that's something i remember a lot is i remember your parents used to have a problem with you leaving but closing your door because you know you, you had to be not antisocial. yeah exactly
1: and so um i uh I don't know, it was just, it, it was, I think it was mainly, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think it's just a great, greatest hits
0: hmm. uh,
1: collection, so I think, I, I just, I like the music, I like what was going on, but uh, I, I think it was just kind of the availability of it, you know, I had that, and then I think the first album I bought was uh, Meteora by Linkin Park, um, and it just, it's having those... You know, they were mine. They were my records, you know. I think also my parents were a little weird about, like, oh, wait, no, like, did they put that CD back. No, it's not appropriate because my dad had, you know, any number of CDs with some questionable, you know, especially, yeah. like, like some white zombie, Rob Zombie CDs had just, like, legit, like, sex samples on it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> probably was a good call on their part. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked having having them you know just put it simply i, I liked having those records to myself like these are my cds like these are albums that i you know you, you know A park i bought myself you know acdc i acquired myself um so i think that was kind of the earliest example of why um you know why i ultimately have continued to collect
0: records for as long as i as long as i have mm. um is it like, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking about like, like what is, was there ever an album for you that was kind of like that moment where you were like, oh, this is like, what is this? Or like, you know, kind of like, you, you know, because you were, I mean, I guess you described this with, with Slipknot was like, you know, this is, you know, it felt like it was mine. But I think, you know, th- there's also kind of that realization that like, you're like, wait, music can do this? Like music can sound like this? Like what and I I am I mean, I guess I kind of already answered, but like I'm assuming that Slipknot was kind of that that album or you know, that that, that kind of listen for you at first. Because I mean I, I remember you saying I, I remember this a couple of years ago. There was one time we uh we were listening to Elvis of all things I was dropping you back at your place. And I had uh, like an Elvis compilation on, and you you were saying that like oh this was like, you know a big thing for me when I was like a little kid, and like what what like like what, what was that one of those moments for you or? Like, yeah, I mean I did have you know,
1: you know I borrowed my, my mom's Elvis CDs. You know, again there was some uh, you know I think disturbed they let slip by for whatever reason. Not <laughs> not the the sickness because obviously it has
0: that yeah you know you you, Um, you fucker get up but but, yeah (laughs) but i listen
1: i listen to believe their their second album a lot um um, i'm trying to think of other records but in any case yeah um slipknot was really the first i I can't think of any other band it was the first band Mm. that like this was my discovery every other record it was you know someone else gave this to me or someone else um you know someone else recommended it or like it was someone else's cd that i was borrowing so i i think the fact that like i discovered it and i actually didn't own a on cd for a long time uh after that i think i had songs here and there because again this was also at the same you know the same time that i got my first ipod shuffle and whatnot um is, is that what you, you started off with a shuffle uh Yes. I started with a shuffle and then I inherited my sister had like one of the original iPod Nanos. Um, and I think it wasn't until some point in high school I got the iPod classic, like just the absolute yeah. fucking brick.
0: Yeah. Um, God, good times.
1: So then that I just had like all types of songs on it. Then eventually I got, you know, the iPod touch. I wanted to do like the games and whatnot. So, yeah, I just, I, I I really think that, you know, even though I I I didn't, like, own a full Slipknot, like, I didn't own a Slipknot CD until, you know, for quite a while, um, but I think it was just having, you know, we all like that. I mean, like, there's some certain kind of pride when you find something and then you share it... Uh, you know you share it with someone and they love it like there's just there's some kind of pride when you discover something it's quote unquote yours even though that's not how any record works yeah. you know it's, it's your your discovery it's your find. like hey like I, I brought this to the friend group like this is I mean that, that, that's one of the cool things about uh, you know a blog or, or uh, yeah or, or you know writing for the blog is that like when I would write and then you know people would be like hey like I didn't you know I didn't know this they were like I didn't, I didn't know this at all like I, I hadn't
0: heard about this like this is so cool um. so I, I, I guess to follow that up you know because th- this is something I, I actually really am curious about not even for sort of the conceit of this podcast this particular episode uh, because you know when, when we met I actually I think the first time we actually like genuinely like kind of shook hands was um, in a writing group uh, like my senior year of high school uh, and it was like this mm-hmm. after school thing that I remember our friend Craig was at and um he invited me to it never be showing up there and you know i i from the very start you know hugger so (laughs) that that, that was that was funny um uh but like when did you know i mean i so i i guess to preface this for everybody else um you know i felt like we could probably break into ground that wasn't exactly music related but um i guess for you it eventually became nonetheless is like what was sort of that process like for writing like what what was that just kind of like that time that you were you started getting interested in it or
1: so i had a friend group that was really into you know pop punk ska um you know like like you know streetlight manifesto real big fish (laughs) you know like a bunch of bunch of bands like that you know blick 182 and so i could talk to them about that we could kind of bond over that once I started getting really into metal, and this was, you know, late middle school or into high school, you know, there were some bands I could relate to other people with, but not not really. And even my friend Mark, uh, really quiet, not super talkative guy. So, I mean, we could talk about it, but the conversation was just kind of like, yeah, that band rocks. You're like, yeah, that band sucks. <laughs> so I just, I wanted an outlet. And, you know, of course, you know, I've written for my career. You know, like, I, I, I love writing in general. It just felt like a really obvious pairing. You know, like, hey, like, I don't, I don't really have anyone to talk to about these, you know, this music I'm, I'm getting really, really into. I love writing. You know, obviously, I love music. I love talking with people about things I like. So, yeah, why not try it out? And so I just started, you know, searching around. I started following blogs myself. You know, Heavy Blog, the New Review. I've talked about before, and you know, sent out some feelers. And what, you know, the rest you, is history.
0: Did you happen because I? I remember vaguely did you write for the school newspaper yes okay that's what i thought yeah Um, but were you doing were you writing about music then um for the paper or was that kind of like they they just kind of shoved you into like you're doing this (laughs) you know uh i got certain
1: assignments but i um I, i did i did from time to time i think i like i wrote about I think I did a review of the dance Gavin dance record for the high school paper. At one point, uh, like I think I periodically wrote about music, wrote about culture. Obviously, that's what was uh, what was interesting to me.
0: Um, you, you know, I, our high school just had so much of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there was
1: there was moments like that. I mean, I tried to temper it a little bit because obviously, I like, not I don't think my my editor was going to let let us write about like death metal or anything like that. Um, <laughs>
0: But. They, they, you know what? They, that's that's her loss, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, I I guess to add on to that because I this is another thing I remember is um, when I I think I you know a lot of people had the option of doing like a senior project for for high school. I remember you wrote a novel. I um, did. Yeah. Yeah. What what was like? What was that? Just like I I wanted to do a senior project, but I couldn't come up with anything else or. <laughs> Like, no I I liked having uh, I liked having,
1: uh, I liked having a, like a I mean, yeah. I guess they wouldn't have approved approved it otherwise, but I wanted to have something that I felt like would take a while that you know like a novel would be kind of like a, a semester length project. Um, just kind of the, the stereotypical thing as an author
0: is to write a book. Yeah. So, um. Well, I, I I guess I I just think you know I I've never I I guess in my own experience I I feel like there's there can sometimes be this divide between uh, like a fiction writer and more of a journalist and it feels like you you really didn't seem to see those distinctions you, like even now in a way um, like they well, what so so you you were just like oh fuck it you know like this is you know I like to write. This would work as a, yeah, I, I guess it was just like a time constraint sort of thing. I mean, uh, but also like an interest in. Well, in I think just... ultimately I thought I would go down the
1: journalism path because of the writing careers. I think that's probably the most practical and marketable way to use your writing skills. Is is you know it's mm. you know as as much as I I would have loved to have been a you know an author or something like that. I just thought and also it was this is. <laughs> partially by my dad talking, um, just, you know, want something that can kind of translate into, uh, uh, I'm chuckling to say lucrative career because I think that's, that's kind of a crock. Uh, Yeah, you know, there's, there's a reason that I'm no longer, you know, now I went into marketing.
0: Um, Uh, that's, that's funny. Were you, were you reading, uh, like a lot, like independently at that time or, you know, what? like I, I, I guess were, were you more focused on music
1: not really I, I, I honestly it's only recently I've, I've gotten back into reading I I kept saying I didn't have time and really that just meant I wasn't making time <laughs> um, I mean as is the case with I mean there were very few things um, I guess it's, it's one thing if I could say like I, I, I don't have time to go you know snowboarding just cause like that's kind of a a full day or a weekend tap you know mm. activity, and like the things that are required to make that happen, like the money and whatnot um, it's pretty uh, it's it's just it's it's pretty time intensive it's pretty resource intensive um, so that's one example, but I think that I don't know I don't know why I stopped reading. I think it's just because I don't like being told what to do <laughs> and like once you start really getting into school like I used to love I used to read so much before I started going to school um but just like once I had just like just once reading felt like an assignment I stopped um and then I just got out of the habit and it's really something
0: I had to train myself back into um, um, I, I understand that a lot yeah I I guess you know th- th- this is you know wh- when when, when I was, when we were kind of thinking about this, the, these series of episodes, I think there's probably one question that has probably been on my mind the most, and you, you will probably know exactly what it is. And it's sort of like, you know, what in your mind kind of like, how, how do you even get past? Because I mean, you, you took, what, music appreciation? When, you know, because, you know, music classes are required. In uh, for for our school when when we were there, um, you know, but it was I think it was it was like music appreciation, chorus, orchestra, band. Um, oh, uh, uh,
1: but, yeah, it was. I think it was called like general music. Yeah, um, like that
0: sort of thing. I I just I remember I I think you that was what you took, right? Yeah,
1: and I think because um hmm, that that was kind of a little bit of drama in my family because I wanted to play so I I play or I did karate for a long time because my dad wanted me to do karate it wasn't really something that I wanted to do um, mm-hmm. and I didn't practice at home because it wasn't you know wasn't something I chose for myself wasn't something that I uh, wasn't something that I, I would have you know in the grand scheme of things if, if my parents said hey here are options for after school activities like what do, you know, what do you want to do um, but that's kind of what I was what I was given. And eventually I was able to convince them I wanted to quit. But in the interim, you, know, there was a period where I wanted to join school band. you know, I think it was fifth grade, everyone wanted to join school band. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play saxophone because I always thought saxophone was cool. Like it was it's always been my favorite jazz instrument. Um, and they were like, you're not gonna do it because you don't practice karate. And I was like, well, I don't want to do karate, like, but I would practice saxophone because I like saxophone. And we just went back and forth about that. And finally their concession was like you have to start with clarinet because clarinet is a um, is a good you know gateway to playing saxophone. And uh, I was like, nah, you know, like sax you know, clarinet suck, I don't wanna play saxophone. By the way, they were right. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, even like, you know, I think uh, whatever interview
0: um, th- 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 that's, that's the exact interview I was thinking of it's Mark Maron interviewing Kamasi Washington yeah and he yeah.
1: Literally, literally yeah he said that he said I think his dad made him do the exact same thing and one day he, he snuck in and played his dad's saxophone and he was like holy shit like this is a lot fucking easier right now <laughs> yeah um, so you. yeah I I think that you know and so I never I never started playing an instrument and I just you know I, I everyone tells me I have a nice baritone, but I don't know how that, you know, I'm not, I don't know how that, that translates into singing, so I never did chorus. Um, so, general music it was. And I did I did learn some helpful things, you know, some basic reading music, how to count time, stuff like that. We played a little bit of piano. Um, I would have loved to have done band, or I would have loved to have really learned how to play an instrument from that perspective, learned how to read music. Um, but, you know, Monday morning quarterback. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, general music was basically like if you if you can't play an instrument, if you can't sing, or and or you don't really give a shit, just take general music. Um, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that that's what it kind of was. Uh, I I I never took any of those. You know, I I don't think I took a music appreciation class since I was like in third grade because uh, I just did band. You know, but. Um, they, anyway yeah they so when did like when did the bass come around because I mean like I I think when when people get into music at least in in my experience you know they're kind of you, you end up crossing crossing like this threshold where you're like I need to like do more than just listen to this almost and like for you I mean that what was that kind of the introduction of the bass I
1: thought you know, Drums are a little, uh, um, loud, (laughs) a little loud, little involved, you know, buying a drum kit, not the, not not the most, uh, not the most space conscious instrument, not the most, not the most subtle instrument, uh, and guitar honestly just seemed too hard. Too many strings, scales and whatnot. I thought bass was easy and I I wanted to have an instrument and eventually I, I wore my parents down and they, they bought me like a. The only reason I don't really consider that learning how to play instruments instrument is because I, I, I didn't. Um, you know, I it, it spoiler alert, it's harder than you think.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: so I just kind of abandoned it because I was a shitty teenager who was like, hey, this is hard, I'm gonna quit. Um, which is still a little bit of a regret, I wish I learned. And also, again, I kinda of go back to um, all of my friends were either well actually, I mean all of my friends were better than me, it was musicians, like period. Um But also, you know, I wasn't, you know, like, I wasn't good enough at any one instrument. And I also, I I don't think I would have vibed with, you know, everyone kind of wanted to do their own thing. Like, I don't think I really, like, there wasn't a band I felt I could form where I'd be like, okay, like, I, you know, I'm I'm into this style, I'm into what we're doing. So, um, Mm -hmm. I think once there was like no, there was no motivation from that angle and... I was kind of, uh, you know, I just, it just was really easy to give up because I didn't, um, you know, there,
0: there was no reason to stay on. Yeah, exactly. There was
1: no, no reason to, no reason to learn about it. Yeah. There was no reason to,
0: you
1: know, I wasn't building toward anything. I wasn't, uh, just looking up some bass tabs, trying to figure out the fuck, like what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And like, I just oh, learning music's too hard. Like I'll just do tabs. And, like, that's the thing is that, you know, I think it's one thing to say I'm just going to fuck around, like, do for foot like, just kind of, like, noodle around, just, you know, have some fun. But really, like, for me, like, the fun of an instrument is when you feel like you're actually playing something. And I just never, I never practice enough. Like, even if you're improvising, whatever. Like, if, yeah, I, mean, I think we both know the difference between improvising and just I'm um, hitting random notes. Mm. Uh, like, I feel like I wasn't creating anything. I was just kind of having a good time. So, I mean, I would, I would love to, uh, you know, I would have loved if I really took it seriously, but um, you know, I, I guess it's
0: never too late. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly what I was. Th- I was thinking of that actually. The, the three days grace song, never too late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out, out of all the weird high school songs to think of, um, and oh, is, is is that Basil chiming in?
1: Yeah, Lauren's back from uh, picking up the groceries.
0: Wow. Well. um... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's so funny because like I, you know, we I think we both had very similar mentalities when it came to uh to you know having like a musical instrument or wanting to kind of go for one. I like, I I guess this is I I, I don't intend this to like to come off in any sort of insulting way at all. But do do you feel like writing was kind of like your way? I guess of of kind of making almost not necessarily like making up for. Um, sort of the lack of, you know, getting into an instrument, but like sort of, sort of like your way of connecting with that world. I mean, you know, like I, I guess beyond, uh, the level of like a fan, I guess.
1: No, I mean, that, that that's a hundred percent, that's a hundred percent right. Um, I figured that was the, the next best thing, so to speak. Mm. Um, you know, if I couldn't, you know, if I, if I couldn't play music, if it, it wasn't you know wasn't something that I would be able to do as a band or, or that I'd be able to really take part in from like the actual music perspective, I figured that it made the most sense to just really dive into music appreciation and just understanding the history you know just becoming a, a student, like a self-taught student of music like just. What music matters? What I think sounds good? Like how to write about it, how to talk about it. I thought that was a really easy, con- or like a, not easy, but th- that was a really satisfying and also attainable consolation prize. Uh, and I think so far it's it's borne out that you know I can yeah. you know writing about music, and and that's the thing is that it, it's it really is its own beast. Like totally. I think when people talk about, and again, like you know, I remember there was one point we talked about one episode we talked about music criticism. There was a critic who said that he argued that it's it's more difficult to to write about music than it is to play music, and I think that's like pretty flat out, like pretty objectively wrong. Um, But I also think that just because you can, I mean, just because you can write about music doesn't mean you can play it, obviously. And but I think the, the opposite is true. Yeah, is that sometimes like when I talk to like, the type of music, the different artists that my, like, really talented musician friends listen to. Like, I remember this one, one of my friends who was insanely good at guitar. Like, his favorite band was Bullet For My Valentine. Um, <laughs> so, like, not to shit on anyone's taste, but I can't say that they're the best rock band out there. Uh, but. <laughs> Maybe the at one
0: point, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But even just, like, vocalizing why you like something. Like, I feel like that's something I love. Like, when, you know, when people like, like, why do you like that? You know, it's clear people you know there are some people who are very good at you know vocalizing and, and explaining why they like something and there are other people who are not <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> i think that that's the case when i hear music you know, musicians talk about music it's like that's either they're like speaking platitudes they're super vague because it's like they're just not thinking in that way like they're yeah like you know like if I was to try to write a song, it would come out like dog shit, but, you know, I can actually, like, write and, like, convey, you know, write about music, and, like, what's more valuable, what's more entertaining, I guess that's a personal thing, I mean, obviously, I I think, probably it's safe to say that it's it's more, it'd be more satisfying to, like, look back at music you've written than a review you've written, but I've, I've written some reviews that I'm really, really proud of, and just, you know, i yeah, I like, uh, I like the idea of, purpose, you know, purposefully, you know, kind of actively engaging with music and having to have some kind of assignment that you, um, that, you know, to, to engage more deeply um, with music because I think that ultimately, I mean, again, it's kind of like the uh, um, how to write a song book that we, we wrote by, by uh, how to write one song by yeah. Jeff Tweedy is that. You know, once you write one song, then you write another song, et cetera. So if, if I look back at my first reviews versus like the most recent review I've written,
0: very, very different in terms of quality. Oh, for but, sure, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you just need to like, you know, when it comes to having like that, you know, musician, you know, uh, I guess, I, I think it's like a matter of like, everybody has kind of like their own language that they need to find. Or, you know, like, I mean, sometimes it's a matter of them, you know, having to grow into a certain language, but, you know, ultimately, yeah. like, there is some language that you were able to sort of best elucidate with, and, mm-hmm. you know, writing ended up being that for you, which um, is, like, totally fascinating, just, you know, awesome, and can, can very much uh, agree, you know, to, to a point, too, with that. Um, it's funny, it, just, it, it comes into that, sometimes you don't really expect where... You know like yeah you, you just don't know where life is going to take you and like as i know that it's so banal that you know to say but like it's so true like you really don't expect yourself to be like oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna be writing for like a metal blog you know uh, you know like a, like you know an editor you know as well and just like after you know it's been what like almost a decade of doing it now
1: yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. Honestly, It's kind of crazy yeah. to think about,
0: but yeah. Yeah, which is like, you know, but 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 it's like, you know, think about you you you've made like you've met all these amazing people through that, and you've been able to do all these amazing things, and like, not once would you really think about beforehand being like, oh yeah, that, that that's that's what's gonna happen. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's just like so sometimes you know the I, I guess the marks that we think are, are kind of against us maybe kind of end up working out for us which is i you know kind of like like a taoist way of looking at it that you know your your greatest weakness is in fact your biggest strength um i don't know just 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 me philosophizing because it is the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) i i feel like i i i could keep going on and on about little little things uh but i i think maybe it'd be best to like leave it off right here and just kind of uh yeah just thank you for for you know answering all of this and you know maybe maybe next time we we do this we'll, we'll talk about you know all the bodies you know in in your various closets not skeletons they they're still they're still fresh bodies um <laughs> anyway
1: i mean Definitely get it, didn't get as juicy as I thought we would. But I'm, oh I'm yeah,
0: no, I, 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 am you know, I, I talk a big game, but I'm, I'm very tame. Um, <laughs> when, when it comes down to it, I'm, you know, I, I'll bark, no bite, that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess, I guess, but we will. Um, I guess thank you for thanks to everybody who listened today and uh we will be back next week and um yeah all right until then bye bye
1: bye
0: thanks for listening guys and uh if you're interested uh you know if you want to hear more just you know listen to us on uh itunes pod, apple Podcasts, android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast basically uh we're on all of it uh if you follow us on anchor to you know whatever works for you
1: and uh, definitely be sure to follow us on twitter and if you ever have any suggestions topics you want us to talk about or questions anything like that uh, be sure to
0: email us. Yeah, uh, we're at at Cishore Podcast on Twitter and our email, I think, is at podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.